Hey everybody, welcome back to the Making of Music podcast sponsored by the Dublin School of Music. I'm your host Heather. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. I'm joined this week by a rapper who's not a rapper, mm. an honest storyteller, fellow podcaster, PDF Pocket Hole. How are you doing? Good day to you, my friend. Good day to you. So PDF Pocket Hole, besides being a rapper or storyteller in his own right, uh, releasing a fake celebrity profile and your last thing was sequence one and, um, oh, what's about your friend who was the guidance counsellor? What was that song? Um, M- M- Lamenting Modesto. L- Mile- oh, <laughs> yes. I know. it's uh, That's not a title that's supposed to be remembered, but uh, Lamenting Modesto. Yeah, that's uh, that was the first track I ever released. Yeah. Uh, and it did really well, despite it being a totally bizarre story about a school bully. Yeah, it core. was crazy. Like, it was, it's, uh, well, I remember it so well. That's the thing it's, about it. It's funny because, like, just my way of being is telling stories and kind of taking it to the, to the extreme in yeah. uh, absurdity. And I put that out first because I thought that was the most simple, basic song mm-hmm. that I had. And then people said, that's really, that's crazy. Mental. It, w- it is. It's a mental song. And I like. thought, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait for the rest. It goes up from here, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I like the whole thing at the start, though, the uh, um, at sequence uh, one. Do you call it sequence one or sequence zero one? Uh, sequence one. Sequence yeah. one. Um, the welcome to Pocket World. And mm. it's like, if you're hearing this, Pocket World said, it's like, no, we're not we're not doing that idea anymore. <laughs> and it's like, there's a, there's it a latches common... you on straight away, which is great. Hmm, cool. Yeah, I have kind of a very inside perspective on that. It's it's interesting actually to get what what that sounds like uh, from the listener's perspective, yeah. um, because everything's made with. Uh, it w- I'm always very aware that someone's listening to it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to acknowledge the listener, um, and the albums. Because so sequence one is the first release. Yeah. That, that you mentioned on Spotify, then sequence two is just available on Bandcamp, and that's an album. And then sequence three is coming out on February 27th. Excellent. But things like that, Welcome to Pocket World, it's introduced by a narrator. Yeah. And I always have contention with characters in my own world. Like the narrator kills me within 20 seconds of the album starting. Um, All those albums are sequential. Like they're episodic and they all follow each other. But the main trend being that every character in every song seems to want to kill me or, you know... (laughs) Just wipe me from existence in some way or another. Yeah. No, it's, I thought it was really cool. I, like, it was such a good way to start because it was, because you kind of hear sometimes, like, welcome to this. And it's like entering this new experience, but you kind of put your own stamp on that straight away, being like, yo, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. It's like, stop, stop. Yeah. Just like showing who you are as a person, kind of someone who's not afraid to take themselves as a joke. Yeah, exactly. You know? And um, I always try to think of things. The first few seconds has to be pretty interesting mm. because I have a terrible habit of, uh, oh, here's this new band that I heard that sounds great. And I put on their first track for like 10 seconds. And then sometimes I find myself being like, oh, yeah, I don't really like that band. And I'm like, wait, I listened to 10 seconds of the first track. Yeah. So I try and make the first, the, the start of everything very compelling if mm. possible. And that particular intro is an example of subverting your expectations as quickly as humanly possible. So it's, hey, welcome to sequence one and I have my PDF pocket hole. And then 20 seconds later, 
I'm like, no, 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 that's not how we're doing the intro. Yeah. And then the narrator says, ah, shut up, this is my album now, and shoots me dead. Yeah. But no, it's like I, I remember when I was listening to it, I was like, this is such a good way to bring people into like what your world is going to be. Yeah. It's like there was um, I actually have a quote and it's basically a quote to big, to start off this podcast nearly. Mm, I love quotes. Is some elements may uh, may seem unstable, but don't be alarmed. That is from Welcome to Podcast. I love yeah, that. It's like really? so and I was just like when I was when I heard that line, I was like, this is what I feel like meeting Pocket Hole is going to be. It's like some of these <laughs> things might be a bit weird, but just. Just run with it. Just go with it. Just go with it and it'll be class. It's going to be great fun. Yeah. But one thing I like to do... um, I love your insight on that. What? I'll say that. I love your insight on that. Oh no, I, I love like kind of trying to delve into the mind of another artist. Like mm. trying to see like where, where, like what was their idea when they came to this. Mm. Um, And it just like has a different... has it. It's the first time I've kind of come across something like that, which was cool. And I, I love coming across things that I haven't been able to like see before in that's, music and that's like that. the ultimate goal my yeah. friend said to me once I showed him a very early demo of a song and I said what do you think and he goes I don't know because I've never heard something like that before and that's what you want yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of craved that reaction then mm. after that that's br- but one thing I really like to do on this podcast I kind of like roll things into it yes. is doing is bit of this or that right I don't know if you've listened to any of us uh, any of this before I have and amazing so oh brilliant yeah. so you're ready your Jezzer Adam playlist is yeah, ready to yeah, go yeah. and stuff already I know the show I do my research fantastic <laughs> see that's why it's nice having another interviewer on because yeah. you know about me and I know yeah. about you now it's fantastic I mean I um, I digged through the the green bin outside yeah. <laughs> a couple of days ago found some w- weird documents about medical history let's just let's just leave that there yeah, yeah? Okay. Next plan is just you have an appointment on Tuesday just so you know 5.30 don't forget 5.15 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like anyway this or that <laughs> <laughs> but okay so you said before uh, with an interview you did with um, John Barker from John, no I said the name wrong John Barker John Barker mm-hmm. sorry yeah uh, I t- <laughs> I think Yawn uh, Barker. Oh that yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny. I called him. I I started the interview by saying I'm here with Yawn Barker from Totally Irish, or should I say Totally Boring? Yeah. And he told me that loads of people call him Yawn Barker now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know that people listen to words I say. <laughs> no, it was brilliant though. So. Um, you said to him that a lot of the bands you like now are all your favourite bands are Irish bands. Pretty much, yeah. So I want to do with this or that with Irish bands. Okay, cool. Okay, so I know we were just talking about them a few seconds ago, but the the boom uh-huh. versus the scratch. Uh, this is a totally non-musical answer, but I was gonna rent an apartment off the boom before. Really? Yeah, but I only knew that because his Facebook one. Of, I can't remember his name. What's his name? Kieran. No, it's not. Things care. Uh, let's yeah. just. I, I know Amy out, very well, but I'm. I was going to rent an apartment off La Boom, and uh, I saw his Facebook page, like I was renting off uh, Facebook. Uh, didn't go through, but he seemed like a nice guy, so I'm yeah. going to pick La Boom. They're class. Uh, I remember when uh, I was in college with Amy, the, dr- the drummer, mm. and I was there when she was like showing me the bottle, the, the vodka bottles, and how she puts different things in different mm. bottles to get different, like, cool sounds. For that. Like, she's amazing. She's just. She's a beautiful beautiful girl she's incredibly talented and they used to meet up at like 7am like twice a week to rehearse for three hours like being at there at 7am like to rehearse like they put in so much work. That, I appreciate that a lot mm. uh, if you can get up early to make music you're on the right track yeah and also actually they've been making music since they were like 14 yeah they were on a 98FM doing an interview 
when they were 14 when they released their first song so they're like they're absolutely brilliant to each other like they just work so so well uh, next one I have though is kind of a different sides of the same coin mm -hmm. almost versatile versus TPM <laughs> um, I know versatile is a bit more like kind of they're not they're not the characters they portray yeah but I'm more when I say same side same coin is kind of that it no no don't get me wrong I paused for a second but uh, like there's no hesitation in my answer TPM uh, all the way but uh, I just thought of the many things I could say about versatile they're, <laughs> they're, no they're good they're a great yeah. act but I see them a lot like Conor McGregor in the sense that I used to be a big fan of Conor McGregor because I thought look at this guy like he's just an average working class guy and he's made it through hard work and dedication and he's great at what he does okay so he has a few controversial things that he's done but i was certain that he was almost like a performance artist yeah i thought that he was just like so good at playing into the stereotype that people have cast him that he kind of acts like this like vaudeville character yeah so i thought the same with versatile i thought people are kind of pegging them as these stereotyped working class Dublin characters and they're playing on that public assumption. Mm. But with both Conor McGregor and Versatile, unfortunately, it seems like actually, no, they were just the stereotype the whole time yeah. and I've been looking into it way too much. Yeah, no, you're right. But like, it, the guys in Versatile aren't even, they're from like the South Side. They're from... Well, yeah, that's... I always... It's playing on the, the image of it, you know? Yeah, and that's why I thought it was clever because mm. they're making a parody, but I think they've become the parody that they set out to make yeah. fun of. Yeah. You know? They're kind of taking on that persona now. Yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not fun. Yeah. That's not what we want. Yeah, we didn't sign up for that. We signed yeah. up for the talk about it, but don't be doing it like Yeah. They they kind of they fed into their own bullshit really, yeah. which is unfortunate. Uh, nice music though. Yeah. Kind of sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> like, well, like the, 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 the most recent track was pretty good, but I know that sometimes uh, um they can be a bit like you're just like, "Ooh, man, just be careful." Yeah, there, I like know? the production and everything. Um and I thought the the style was great, but uh, you know when they had that whole controversy about they had very distasteful lyrics, I was I was gonna like defend them because I don't think you can cherry pick lyrics from two years ago. I totally agree with you. But the lyrics were so bad. I actually I read back at them like okay those are just like really distasteful. But then you look back at the like of Childish Gambino and you look at the other big rappers who are there at the moment in who are these really they're meant to be like these almost saintly guys now who are all about being good to people and good mm. to the world. And you look back at their old lyrics and like the likes of um, uh, NWA and you're just like some of the stuff they said was about women and white women yeah. and black women and Asian women and all the above and men and everything. They said some really rough things in their raps and you kind of have to be like, look, that was then, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's kind of separating the art from the artist thing, which I really want to yeah. get into later. But last one, girl band versus Fontaine CC. Sorry, I, I couldn't even listen to the second answer. I'm sorry. It's, girl, band. girl band are my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you gave me a this or that because yeah. I just want to uh, profess my love. Profess your um, love, band. I'm not. I'm not mad on Fontaines to be honest, but uh, you've put them against an impossible challenge there. Girlband are class. Yeah, because they're from Dublin as well. It's like their success is our success. Yeah, it's like you're doing it. You're yeah, going, you're doing you it. You really want to cheer for them, and um, 
it's also kind of like myself in the way that you love it or you hate it. Mm. Um, and I'm just so glad people love it. But let's start off interviewing just you as Pocket Hulk. Okay. Probably weird getting interviewed as you were always the interviewer. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do a segment on my own podcast where I'd like force someone to interview me because <laughs> sometimes I ask the questions and I'm like, I want to answer that one. No, it's so, fair. Uh, Joe, I'll come on. I'll come on your podcast and I'll just like <laughs> yeah. ask you like all the questions that I can't ask you yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you things. the script and just... Yeah, yeah, just go with it. Run with <laughs> it. But where did you start off? Like, where is the beginning of PDF Pocket Hole? Like, how did this all begin? The the, the jumpsuit, the mask, the, the storytelling story wrappings. We were talking before and you were saying that you don't really like to describe yourself as a rapper. Yeah, no, no, not at all. To be honest, I'm not even a fan of hip hop. Uh... The hip-hop I do like is very specific, and it comes very infrequently, but I think the genre has so much to offer. Mm -hmm. As a storyteller, primarily, uh, rap is just the perfect way to get loads of ideas across really fast, and whereas in rock you have to have a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus, and you only really get to say a couple variations of sentences, but uh, I suppose rapper is just kind of the easiest quickest way to explain it um now one thing that i should acknowledge is that pdf pocket hole like i'm always in character yeah well as you know now i'm wearing a jumpsuit and a mask uh, as i always wear i wear the same thing all the time i have two different costumes and i wear those like every single day yeah. uh but i'm being a bit more candid here because i feel like uh this isn't my show i can relax a bit yeah totally uh so pdf pocket hole Lamenting Modesto is the first video that came out and that's the first anyone found out about PDF Pocket Hole. But I've been doing it for probably around three or four years. Sorry, that video was uh, seven months ago. Yeah. So about three or four years ago, uh, I moved abroad and I've just always been making music. Like, since I was nine, maybe. And recording since I was about 14. So I always just kind of made songs for my own enjoyment and they were always like about crazy, bizarre kind of things. Uh, and then I moved to Dublin uh, about a year ago and I just thought I should do this. Actually, I have to I have to say Pong Pong, my long time collaborator, inspired me to actually release it. Yeah. And she helped me make my mask and she like helped come up with, you know, the character of PDF Pocket Hole. And I just put something out and since then i've just been consistently making things every single week either a podcast or music or working on albums or videos yeah or what what have you that's classic so when you were designed to bring everything out to you you said you moved back from holland then and you decided to kind of launch yourself properly into it it still took a good couple months but yeah pretty much but yeah. well, so to just the whole the build up of it you know like having just getting your mind wrapped around like okay am I going for this am I going for this am I going for this yes I, and we're gone yeah you know just trying to get yourself up to that that diving point is yeah. scary enough like the climb up to the diving board is almost scarier than the actual dive yeah. the majority of the time because then when you're doing it you're just doing it yeah like, it's like oh just keep on going just yeah. keep going um but this whole uh, this idea of having a persona like, what was that for you? Where did that come from? Like, the mask thing, was that like a nod to the rubber bandits? Or was that like, because uh, when I showed a, a picture of you to a friend of mine, that he that was the first thing. It was like, oh, is it kind of like a rubber bands inspired thing? And just the way you, the way 
you are as a person. I can see how you and Blonde Boy would kind of overlap. Just that you're very, you're honest and you're 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 kind, but you're cutthroat at the same time. You're kind of like you don't deal with people messing you about. Yeah. But you're a good person, you know. Yeah. So, and it's kind of the thing of not having to show your face <laughs> for people to take you seriously, like the judge's wig mentality that he he described before yeah it's it's funny because i'm glad you said rubber bandits because it's a very two-sided blade mm. because on one hand it's not inspired by rubber bandits and like of course i think everyone in ireland knows them yeah i couldn't possibly say that i'm not familiar like i know all their stuff um but my style is very much my own and it wasn't inspired by them but in a kind of bizarre twist of fate, it was directly inspired by them. <laughs> because um, I went to see them, uh, I flew over from Holland a couple of years ago. It was their last show that I think they've done as a rubber band that's uh, in Vicker Street, I think it's 2017. And me and my friends went to see them. And uh, I'm friends with Kojak. And I didn't know Kojak was supporting them that night. So Kojak comes out on stage. I'm like, oh shit, what, what's he doing yeah. here? <laughs> Look, he's supporting Rubber Bandits. This is great. He comes up to the crowd. He he knew we were there. He comes up to our seats after. Like, that was amazing. I didn't know you were coming. Like, what a treat. And he says, uh, yeah, do, like I, I, no one else I know came here. Not that I'm aware of. So uh, do you mind if I sit with you? No, Yeah, no problem. He says, uh, I'm actually going backstage after. Do you want to meet the Rubber Bandits? And I said, no, no, not at all. I don't want to see what they look like or anything. Yeah. I like the illusion. But of course, my friend who's the biggest, my friend Denim Holdings, biggest Rubber Bandits fan of all time, would not yeah. let us not go. So we go back and we're backstage in a room full of about 20 people who all have Limerick accents. <laughs> and I thought this... Very most, loud room. A very, a very loud, loud room, room yeah. <laughs> um, I just thought this is the most amazing thing. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I know he's one of... I know Blind Boy is here, but I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Like a, a, a kind of a soul patch, you know? <laughs> so uh, I kind of went off, got a pint, came back. We were in this big circle talking to people. And it was only after... Because, uh, like, everyone's using their real names, you know? Yeah. It was only after a couple of minutes, someone was talking to Blind Boy. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. You said your name was such and such. They're like, no, that's him. I was like, oh, I love that. I need that. Yeah. You know, because. Kind of th having that that barrier of being like deciding who gets to yeah, know you. It's on his terms mm -hmm. who who gets to speak to him. And it was just that. Uh, I just wanted to have the control because there's not. I'm a very anxious person and there's nothing I hate more than like not being able to escape something. Yeah. It's like that's the root of my anxiety is like I just always need to know that like I can be in control. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is like a really unhelpful way to deal with that problem I have. But uh, I like it. It helps. No, like the thing is, it's not it's not an unhelpful way. It's the way that you you cope with it. And well, yeah, yeah. that's totally everyone has their coping mechanisms. Everyone like I my big thing is when we hear the crack there of like <laughs> when I when I get nervous I play on my fingers and oh, that's right. something that it's like even though you can't see anything's wrong with my face I have my hand on my pocket and I'm playing with my fingers and yeah. that's something that calms me down you know and for you it's having that that wall and that wall is a mask for yeah, you yeah. and if people decide to treat you any differently just because you're wearing something on your face 
is ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah. Because it should never be what's on your face. It should never be what you're wearing. It's the content on your of your head. words. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, once you close your eyes, it doesn't matter if someone's white, black, yellow, purple, wearing whatever they want to wear. It's what's actually coming out of their mouth yeah. is is what should we should be defying character yeah. as. And also, uh, my friend Denim, uh, he didn't quite know who Blind Boy was at the start. And he had no interest in talking to him. But as soon as he found out who he was... All over him. Yeah, all over him. Literally couldn't get a word in. And uh, the next day he goes to me, uh, I could see uh, I could see a little glint in his eye. You know, just a little glint that says, I'm a genius. And it's like, shut up. You didn't even know who he, he was. was. Uh, there is that element. But also, uh, I was playing around with the idea, like, just the week before meeting Blind Boy... Uh, which kind of feels weird to say because he doesn't know who I am now, you know? This is totally fair. Like when we meet someone who is like we've kind of been listening to and it's kind of someone who's become almost like idolized. Mm. And even though we, we might not might idolize them, but they've become like this far away object almost, you know? But also like it's going to be something big when we meet them and afterwards as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so like a couple of weeks before uh, meeting them, I was actually thinking about wearing a mask of some sort. I was going to wear duct tape and put it straight on my skin. Ooh. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Bad idea. Especially since you have a bit of a beard going on <laughs> underneath that. Like I tried it once. It wasn't pleasant. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved the idea of taking me out of it because I could never release something with just a normal name. Yeah. You know, imagine like, I just don't see why would anyone want to go John Smith yeah. To go to see John Smith in a concert. Like, the artistry comes in every aspect of what your act is, mm -hmm. you know? And to, to say that, like, your artist's name isn't important or to not really, like, put any effort into that when you're going to make conceptual music mm -hmm. makes no sense. No, you're dead right. Like, I've toyed with... Like when it's come to releasing my own music, I've toyed with so many different types of names. Mm. Um, I was I was thinking about going by just my last name and then do I just my first name and then changing the way I spell my name and then going by complete name altogether. Yeah. And I still don't know exactly where. I, like I kind of have an idea. I, I think once everything like falls into place of what I would be going by, but yeah, it takes a while, and especially now that names are so different. Like there's no, it's not just the everyone's not just going by their first and second name anymore. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's all everyone's kind of twisting it up and changing things up. You need something that's going to stand out. I, I, you know, that's another thing. I wanted a name that looks stupid on billboards. You know, mm -hmm. like if you see PDF Pocket Hall on a concert listing. But you, you remember it then. You, you remember. Well, some people have a very hard time remembering it. <laughs> but either you could like not forget that name or even... A lot of people say, like, I just saw the name and I was like, I, I need to see what that is. Yeah. You know, whereas um, it's hard to make a name that represents a body of work that you're going to be creating for mm. an indefinite amount of time. But I feel like that's a good start. Like yeah. so many people put in like so much time into band names mm. and that's a, like a collective group. And I understand why it takes so long with band names because you need like everyone to approve it and everything. But there's so much like you really want to find a name that suits you and suits your art and suits what you're yeah. bringing out. So why is it different when you're just one person? Yeah. And I also feel like if you're just one person, you feel like you are the art. As in, if you make your own name and attach it to the music... Then if people don't like the music, then suddenly you think people don't like you because both things 
there's a line blurred there between mm -hmm. the separation of the two. But what I absolutely love about being PDF Pocket Hole, I take off this mask and the costume and I go home and I do whatever I want. Like, I don't worry about what PDF Pocket Hole's up yeah. to. Eat Weetabix for 16 to 63 weeks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more, even. Yeah. You never know. That was just me quoting your, your lyrics, actually. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah. That was a quote from... Uh, very well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot there for a sec. Very That's well. That's a great yes. song. I really like very well. Really? Uh, it's really cool. Well, the the album I have coming out on 27th of February, I am very, very excited about. I feel like it's a whole like 10 steps beyond what's yeah. out already. Excellent. The the stuff that's out at the moment that was recorded like three years ago, you know. Um. So, yeah, I'm excited for I'm 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 really happy that you're into it. Oh yeah, totally. Like it's always good to find something that's like different to everything else. And like as you're saying, like I'm just from the type of voice I have, I have a bit of a more of a soulful voice. Very kind of annoying, uh, like high pitched <laughs> yeah. whiner. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my speaking. Was that what voice. you were going to say? Yeah. Or? No, that's just remember my speaking voice. Let's. Like, I should sing normally just all the time because mm -hmm. people would actually listen to me then probably. Um, <laughs> But um, I work with a lot of like hip hop writers because of that, and a lot of different rappers and stuff like that. Um, uh, Chris Cabs, the the producer guy there, yep. um, and Jay Yellow L and stuff like that. And mm. they're re I love their stuff and it's really cool. But it was really nice to see a, a different side of what almost like what they're doing. You yeah. know, as I said, I think there's a lot to be explored. Exactly. In the genre. Yeah. There's such there's another element there to it. And, like a lot of the stuff you're bringing in, like the synths and stuff like that, are almost like had a bit of a nod to like the 80s disco synths and mm. stuff like that which is really cool um, so you're kind of adding different elements to it and you're showing that rap doesn't just have to be the and also you know? nearly every song I, I want to say every but I, there's there's one or two that aren't nearly every song is very guitar based yeah but I like with a heavy amount of effects but um, I think that adds uh, no one ever mentions the guitar you know mm. But it adds a kind of different feel because hip hop is very much based around the electronic beats and synthesizers. Mm. But uh, I kind of tried to make a guitar sound like a synth just to yeah. add another level of like uh, just difference, I suppose. That's like a lot of your that you went like what's behind you when you're like rapping or mm. talking or whichever you prefer to go by. <laughs> I kind of see it as like a little bit of a a, a rhythmic spoken word mm -hmm. almost. Um, was what I describe your style as but everything behind you is always very melodic it's always very kind of like gentle on the ears and stuff like that and every once in a while you might get like a weird synth sound that kind of yeah. hits you in your left ear and you're like whoa that was some cool panning yeah. uh, but like <laughs> I do li I like to play the studio the studio yeah. is my most valuable instrument yeah just messing with which way everything's coming in yeah like, like there's a lot of uh like I might record uh, a note on guitar and then chop it up into 50 different pieces and then pitch it up and then slow it down. Something like that, you know. That's really cool. Like they've really just learned how to see one sound as many different things. Yeah, it's just experimentation, know? I suppose. Uh, and just a lot of practice. Mm. But when, so you've like you've done a load of work in the studio, like on mm -hmm. Pro Tools, doing all that type of stuff. And I've only ever seen you perform once, yeah. and that was with Audible Chocolate back in, I want to say September. Uh, I want to say that too. Yeah, I want to say like September or August. Uh, I think it might have been August, because I don't think I'd moved into town yet. Mm. Um, but that was class. Like, I just thought, like, remember I, when I saw you, I was like, I like this dude. <laughs> I like this dude. But I, you don't really have that many more gigs. Like what you said to John Barker before that you're, you're yeah. very 
self-deprecating and like you, you've already brought up that you're an anxious person yeah. about that. So do you, like bringing out this new album sequence three, do you think you might be kind of ramping up the gigs or do you think you're going to be still yeah, kind of the... Uh, I'd say maybe by the time this comes out, I might have announced a little tour that I'm doing. <gasps> uh, yes. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any really. And it's kind of like what you said off air that uh, you were saying with technological issues with, you know, recording a podcast... Mm-hmm. And that's not what you got into. You just want to do a podcast. You don't want to have to like set up Ableton and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got into music and like art in general to just make art. I didn't do it to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me in my room, please. Yeah. Like to be honest, I don't really go out. Like uh, I have like I have like three friends. Two of them live in different countries, and they're not drinkers. You know, one of them is a heavy alcoholic. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so I just kind of, the things I do for fun are like creative, you know, like I make songs with my friends and stuff, uh, but I don't like big crowds. I don't like public spaces. Uh, it's another reason why I have the mask and everything. So John was always getting on to me like, you need to do more gigs. And I was like, I want to, but the thought terrifies me. Yeah. But uh, I did a gig there in Tengu Yamamori uh, and when you do one gig you're like all right i want to do like a million now yeah Uh, that buzz the adrenaline that hits you afterwards yeah and especially since i was just supporting i was like all right no more no more of that business i need headline shows it's going to be like an hour long (laughs) just Uh, like me talking but over music for ages yeah it'd be class it's like your podcast but with more music behind it i won't i I don't want to spoil anything but i like to mess with the crowd a lot like There was a good minute and a half of organized silence at the last gig. <laughs> That's a cool though, because it does bring a different element to the show, like a different yeah. kind of aspect to it. Because I, I, we were, I was out, it was just yesterday in London. I was at the V and A Museum and looking through like the theater and performance section, and just seeing that like there's so many little things that people do to add a different element to mm-hmm. plays. And there was this one. Um, it was a Shakespearean, uh, they, oh, God, it was a mid- Midsummer Night's Dream. And they did it in a Japanese kitchen. And mm. they, it was like this performance of it and they did it in a kitchen. Cool. And trying to explain the story of a Midsummer Night's Dream, but almost a modern day version in someone's home. Yeah. And it, it was all about the smells and smelling the different foods and like... Uh, the opening of the door and the wind coming in and stuff like that and just like the sounds of different pots and pans and sometimes you can't hear the conversation but that's what you that's the, point. That's the whole point yeah. and stuff like that and it was it was really cool to see that like that sometimes it's not just about the visual it's not just about the audible it's about the different things and it's about pushing people to a point of are, is this getting uncomfortable now like yeah. the the piece was a three three, three crimes what? Three crimes. No, the piece that's like literally three minutes and 54 seconds, is it? Oh, John Cage, 344. Yes. Yeah. 344. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, like that's such a brilliant piece. And the whole piece is be- based around like the audience. Like the like every every time that piece is played, yeah. it sounds different because it's what the audience It's like technically, it uh, John Cage is like this experimental composer and his idea was, and my friend Denham hates this beyond belief, <laughs> uh, his idea was that Okay, so if I write down music for this amount of time and it adds up to the total length of three minutes, 44 seconds, that's technically music. And my friend Denham would say, no, it's not because you're not playing anything. He says, well, I'm playing a rest. Like a rest is a piece of musical notation. 
if you're playing a song and then there's a bit with a bit of silence, is that not music? Yeah. So that's just the whole song. It's just silence. And that's exactly where I get kind of inspiration from. It's like I'm trying to like push the limits of what you can actually do without saying this is where things get a little bit pretentious you gotta step on eggshells I try and like just like yeah as I said push the limits of what you can do with a live show because it's very like that John Cage piece is very conceptual Mm -hmm. it's all about what we the rules that we make as an audience so I like to break those rules like people come to a live show they expect me to play 12 songs then an encore and then I'm done but that's not going to happen, I'm yeah. afraid. Like, maybe I'll just do stand-up for, like, 15 minutes, you know? Or maybe I'll just play something on the computer and, and a robot will talk to you, you yeah. know? Uh, so for these live shows, uh, do I remember them off the top of my head? Workman's on the 29th of February. Should I prom- promo this? Yeah, definitely. I'm just, like, plug, shamelessly promote myself. Plug, 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 uh, Workman's on 29th of February. Uh, can't remember the others, but they're around Ireland. You'll figure it out. 29th February. Well, literally, just send us on your your the tour dates, and then we'll throw them up the yeah. page. Cool. Yeah. Um. So it it has a character arc. Yeah. Uh, the show does, and I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, don't d- leave leave some things. I'll just say that it's like, as I said, with hip hop, I think the genre has so much to offer. With live shows, like I want you to go in, and I'm one character. And I leave and I've come through something, you know, I have developed and changed as a person. Yeah. And hopefully you will too. That's class. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to that now. I'm going to put that in the diary. That'd be really cool. Um, Just from what you're saying before about like trying to push the boundaries and stuff like that. And you do that with just things like silence and things like um, in your podcast, which we're going to get onto later, um, trying to get the natural reactions out of people by doing something unexpected. Yeah. a lot of the people you've worked with, like Audible Chocolate and stuff like that, all your lyrics are really honest mm. and very much to the point. And sometimes it's just kind of like, whoa, did they actually talk about <laughs> that in a song? But it actually sounded really fun. So that's that's okay, isn't it? Like, and I when we were, I was in London just there, I went to go see the Book of Mormon, ah. and it was weird because I was re-listening to your John. I probably one of my favorite interviews was John Barker. Really? Yeah. yeah I, interesting. Oh no, I really liked that interview. I just think <laughs> it was um, it was really good. you bounced off each other really well. The most recent one you did, the How to Be Talented one, was was really cool. So really? Yeah. I'm that. introducing. Well, yeah. Again, I I always I love to spoil stuff. I love to just <laughs> describe every element of something. But I'm introducing new characters into the podcast yeah. and like being like different components of my mind. I liked it. I yeah. Really liked okay. It, yeah. Cool. That's a new thing I'm excited about. Sorry, but Book of Mormon. Yeah, but so when I was uh, like the the show is really it's like written by the guys at South Park yeah. and you know you're just doing the thing with the uh, no what it wasn't in that one it was was it the How to Be yeah. Talented one you're doing the Carmen yeah, yeah stuff yeah. that was so funny <laughs> that was so so funny um, the Book of Mormon the whole, all the songs and everything are just like. They're such great songs and they're like, they're like really, you want to move to them and everything. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh my God, they actually just said that. Mm. And do you find with like being your character and like being honest about yourself and stuff like that, do you find a bit of backlash from that of what you talk about? Yeah, it's, that's something that I find incredibly curious because no one has ever criticized anything like that. Really? And I mean... So say, for example, I know you're sponsored, so I'm going to keep this PG. Uh, In the song Lamenting Modesto, 
it's about a sexual well it's about a sexual encounter of sorts in uh in school how can I, i'm trying to describe this in a very like <laughs> appropriate way it's not an appropriate song yeah i'll say that uh there's a lot of kind of themes that wouldn't be widely accepted is that fair to say yeah no totally fair um but they're played in a kind of like comedic way and i never say things just for shock you know yeah. like everything has a purpose and every character's reactions and songs have reactions mm-hmm. uh, it's not like something just happens like oh haha and then everyone forgets yeah. like there's consequences i think it's like in that song it's like you you bring the guy away who does the thing you're like man that's not cool yeah. i try to show him something else and yeah stuff like that. i'm like man like you spread a rumor about me and that's really inappropriate and he's like listen i'm a man i'm sorry i apologize yeah why don't you come to my house and you can use my time machine? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so all right, uh, fair enough. Like, yeah, let's see how that goes. And then he tricks me and sends me to Bangkok yeah. in his time machine. Like, damn, you tricked me again. What but, a, like, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Yeah. And never trust Modesto Lingerfelter. That's one thing. <laughs> um, but I thought that people wouldn't get it. And maybe they just think I'm making a tasteless song about mm-hmm. like inappropriate things and like villains and characters or whatever but i think people just get it yeah to be honest i think they get why it's funny and maybe the people who don't like it just don't bother saying anything i don't know wait wait for the time that like once you start performing now like i think with the new the tour is coming out and stuff like that you'll have some random people who will be at the gigs (laughs) and will probably say something or something like that because there's always that one person well i think in ireland it's not as bad because in ireland everyone's kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek everyone kind of takes everything on the chin takes everything on a bit pinch of salt but as you go out and go different places the pc warriors come in things and you're their worst nightmare (laughs) Uh, yeah that's the thing because my my philosophy with everything is never back down like Mm -hmm. the the problem that most kind of comedians are like you know uh public figures have is that when someone kind of criticizes them and takes their art out of context they kind of if they apologize they're done for yeah because that's when people know that all right we can get this guy yeah we're angry and we can do whatever we want because he apologizes but for example uh on my first ever on lamenting modesto the first ever video the first ever comment i got was uh someone had taken the name PDF Pocket Hole and made a vulgar variation of it. And they said, this is garbage. And I was thinking, oh, here we go. Yeah. This is going to be my career now. Everyone's going to do this. Um. So what I did was I'm like writing a short web series and I made that commenter a part of the story. So like I find this YouTube comment online in the show and then the whole episode is just me like berating that you know made up character yeah. and just saying how much of a loser they are and it's like that person commenting probably didn't expect me to make a whole episode about, about them yeah yeah so i i like to think that if you do want to step into the ring be ready to fight be my guest yeah because i will i will make a web series about you yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing like i have nothing better to do ricky gervais says that like you either laugh at absolutely everything or you laugh at nothing yeah and i think that's that's one of the truest things especially now the world's getting more and more serious mm. more and more crazy you have to be able to take a step back and be like well look this stuff is happening and like there was um uh, the a part in the Book of Mormon is that they're basically describing about how 
a lot of the male villagers are believe that if you do it with a virgin that you're going to get rid of your AIDS mm. and obviously there's not a lot of virgins so they start resorting to the very very young very <laughs> young and the whole thing is like what and like these Mormons come in they're like are you actually serious and they're like if you think what we're saying is crazy try live here try live <laughs> here for a week you know try yeah. live our life and that's the thing it's like if you're if you want to say like oh no you can't do this you can't do that it's like well how about you experience it first yeah and then laugh about it and also like you know, this is someone's people, yeah. reality yeah. like if you're gonna criticize that story just because it doesn't fit into your narrative context yeah. and your narrative um well then you can't tell stories anymore yeah exactly um and like that's another thing is that you were saying that a lot of my songs kind of like are tales about my life or they're honest Mm. and i always thought that people would say oh haha your stories are so ridiculous and obviously not true there is a lot of truth in most if not all songs and i'm surprised people picked up on that yeah i thought again people would take it out of context think i'm making up a silly story for no reason and of course, sometimes they're very absurd, but yeah, they are quite honest when you actually get down to it. Yeah, no, like I believe your stories more than I believe other rappers who are like, <laughs> yeah. I'll go out and I'll get a big car and loads of ladies yeah. and we drive around all night. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. You own a bike. You've had the <laughs> same girlfriend for the last seven years, you know, like. And even if all that stuff is you. true, I still don't care. Yeah. You know? well, I, I want to hear someone talk about like, you know, just what they actually feel. Yeah. You know? Exactly. No, you're you're dead right in that. But um, that actually, I want to ask then: Is the celebrity <laughs> fake? Is that real? Like, That's like almost one hundred percent true. Yeah, amazing. It's, the only difference is it happened in the reverse order. Yeah. So originally, it must be like nine years ago. I made a fake account for Emilio Estevez uh, from the Breakfast Club, Charlie Sheen's brother. I have no idea why I did it. I was bored for the crack. Uh, and I ca- I got hundreds of friend requests from other fake celebrity profiles. You know, I was getting yeah. Charlie Sheen requests every day. I was getting people who said they went to school with him. I was getting people who were just fans. And I'd be doing him a service. I would message the fans, be like, hey, what's up? It's Emilio. Just want to say, like, hope you're having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're being a good person. Yeah. You're like, you're being a good person. I didn't abuse it. Like, uh, I mean, there's no fun. I'd say crazy stuff, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But like... Um, I thought it, it was just fun yeah. and uh, that was going for about eight years and I had like people who I had been contacting for like eight years straight who thought I was a medio then it got shut down and then a TV show came out that had like my real name as one of the characters Yeah. and then I kept getting friend requests from people <laughs> saying haha you have the same name as that character and I was like whoa I'm famous again I'm yes, Facebook famous again happened. yeah yeah so the song recounts that, except in reverse order. That is so funny. <laughs> That's brilliant. I wish I had a famous name. I have so many more friends in my life. It's change it. It's actually frustrating because, like, why would they name a character that boring name? <laughs> you know. But the thing is, that someone didn't think it was a boring name. <laughs> like you might think it's boring. You you obviously think it's boring. Yeah, Your name is our PDF pocket hole. Yeah. <laughs> like. That's actually another thing I find funny about the fake celebrity Facebook profile video is that in that song, mm. so. A, a character in a TV show has named PDF Pockethole, <laughs> which is the most absurd. Yeah. Like no one else will ever have that name, you know. Oh, <laughs> so good though. Um, I wanted to ask you about the podcast and mm-hmm. how one like because you started off doing music and stuff like that, and you're a very creative person. You like to keep, as like to say here on the Making Music podcast, the many fingers and many pies mentality. Yes. 
you know put my put my toe in the pie exactly Finger in the pool. oh all 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 the pies all yeah. the digits all the pools like, all the put your uh, put your nose in some hot coffee oh that that's be what really, i say that would be painful well not if it's cold in which case you return it Oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's another story. That's Sorry, another go on. Story. I interrupted Always return your, your cold coffee. <laughs> Always return your cold coffee. Stand up for yourself. I'm actually allergic to coffee. Really? Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Um, I only got into it like three months ago, and I love it. Yeah. I can't believe I've gone this long without, without it. having it. Yeah, you're really missing out there. That's the thing people always <laughs> say to me. They're like, "How? Like, oh my god!" Like, and they're so shocked. You have a lot well. of energy. Well, yeah. yeah, surprisingly enough today, I do have a lot of energy and I haven't had a Red Bull today, but when I was doing my final oh, year in Jesus, college... Oh, Jesus, come on, you're not drinking that. Oh, I have to like, IV drip, like, because as, as, as I've said to you, you have to work, if you're going to be working music, you got to work multiple yeah. jobs, you know? Yeah. And I go from, maybe I'll be teaching until five o'clock and then I have a gig at seven, you know? And I have to make sure I don't kill anyone in the car on the way back from the gig. Yeah, fair. So, well, you Bull, do what you got to do to keep the streets safe, but uh, Red Bull, very bad for your system. I'll yeah. say that. That's a public service announcement. I'm a vegetarian, though, so at least I don't have, like, the whole, like, cholesterol meat. <laughs> You're not eating dead animals. Yeah, so, so there's that. Like, it's, it's just, it weighs yeah, up. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Like, one of them, something's going to kill me eventually. Yeah. And whatever it is, it will happen. So just very, fine. very quick anecdote. Uh, this friend I had, well, not much a friend, actually quite an enemy in the end (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah the person I knew um, was Dutch and I said uh, tomato tomato and she was like what? I was like oh in Ireland we say tomato but she didn't know that she was like wait so potato potato do you say potato? like no that's not how it works yeah what no because <laughs> like says potato i see her logic tomato tomato potato potato and she's like well you say tomato do you say potato it's like no it doesn't work like that sorry no but anyway. it's apparently like the english language is so screwed up like it's so funny it's like they're there and they're all different words read and read yeah, the record, same word. record yeah like realize 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 yeah like only English speakers get this. <laughs> yeah, like it's like all these different words that like could be completely different meanings, but or just in the in the context of sentence and stuff like that. Like yeah, I was talking yeah. to um uh, my my housemate's friend, and she was just saying like when she came over, she'd just be having conversations with people, and sometimes she'd be like, "What? Like you said that word in the last sentence, yeah, and I meant yeah, something yeah. completely different." So and then you throw slang in there, and oh, yeah. but apparently, actually, as um from the way we speak. Uh, our grammar is more correct than actual English people from England. Oh, yeah, the yeah, The Irish yeah. speak yeah. more correct grammar than uh, the Well, I, I moved to France originally and they didn't like me because my French accent. They're very, very picky about, you know, how you speak French. Yeah. So I went on the internet and typed in, like, you know, best English-speaking countries. <laughs> <laughs> and I speak French, but, like, you know, that's the point where they drove me to. <gasps> and uh, somewhere else. Yeah. Holland had a a bigger um, literacy yeah. in English than Birmingham, like oh far God. bigger, far bigger. It's like, all right, moving to Holland. That's so sad. Yeah, that's really sad. So I wish I, I wish I spoke a different language. That'd be class. You don't speak Irish, no? I speak a bit of Irish. I can understand a lot more of it than I can speak, but I'd speak enough of it that um I can get weird looks in the tube. And <laughs> I'm talking in Irish to yeah, 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 to my family and stuff like that. Yeah. It's great when you go just, away, like yeah, just shade the vat of weary, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, don't talk to that gypsy. Oh it's my god, no! Like me. literally, I was saying um, 
I was saying, I was like, I was speaking Irish to Keen on the tube, and like some of the looks I was getting, it was like I was about to bomb the train. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and I was like, lads, I'm literally like I was standing there like in a big red coat and a rainbow jumper, and like <laughs> like big scrunchy in my head, being like, oh yeah, I'm so excited yeah. to go see London, you know? And they're <laughs> like, like, well, you do speak it's the witch's tongue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, my impression of a British person. Sorry, I derailed you very, very, in a long-winded way there. You were trying to be professional. and No, I'm very happy you. with this. This is class. Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's, I always say that like everything comes back. Every, like, as much mm. as music is cyclical, this podcast is cyclical. Yes, we'll yes. just always go back. But thing Wheel is, keeps I, turning, baby. Exactly. Just think what you did there is you, you went in, you threw a random thing, and like random question is in, which you do all the time in your yeah. own podcast, which I love. Um, your podcast is all we were discussing earlier is about getting that kind of raw reaction out of someone yeah. and oh, I always forget how to pronounce his second name um, Eric Andre yeah. I, I always say Andrew for some reason Andrew yeah I don't know why I always put Eric it on, Andrew yeah Eric Andre <laughs> like the Eric Andre show would be kind of a little bit of inspiration for you yes um, what made you like when you decided to start the podcast like and you wanted to kind of you even though it is random and mm-hmm. it always goes off in different directions and talks about everything, it always circulates around music yeah. and you, you as a musician and other people and their thoughts in music and stuff like that. When you started off though and you you decided you didn't want it to be a normal podcast, you didn't want it to be kind of like just having the chat, you wanted to get those weird answers out of people, get those defences down straight yeah. away. Um, one thing, One thing is that it might look like I'm bad at what I'm doing, but actually I'm so good at what I'm doing that I can make it look bad on purpose, you know? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is just bad, plain and simple, but that happens. <laughs> I don't want it to be a normal podcast in the sense that, uh, kind of like, you know the way the Americans are really over polite? Yeah. Sorry, that's a massive generalization on like millions of people, but <laughs> they have this culture of like not really saying it as it is and yeah. like, just putting on a happy Dancing face. Dancing around the answer and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I just, I need to, I just need to fill that gap there yeah. in the market. And I actually hadn't planned to, uh, to do guest interviews at first. What the original plan was to appease my sponsors, I was going to do a fairly normal show about music psychology because it's something I know a lot about and I know a lot about music in general. And I kind of did that for a while but then when they stopped paying attention, I got to do what I actually wanted to start doing. And I started bringing guests on. And uh, by the way, there's like 17 episodes of podcasts that like don't yeah, you exist. That you've, you've recorded all these podcast episodes, but you're such a self-deprecating person that yeah. you never release them. Yeah, like a lot of them just aren't great. Uh, a lot of them are too like inappropriate. Uh, some of them I sent to like the original sponsors and told them that that's the episode that's going out, you know? Yeah. So they think there's like 10 normal episodes, whereas there's actually only like three, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. So I kind of lulled them into a false sense of security before the show ever began. Yeah. Uh, and then I started getting in guests. And to be honest, well, this is, I hope he's not listening to this. Junior Brother was my first guest. Mm. And my main motivation for getting a guest on was because I just really wanted to meet Junior Brother. So I was like... Cast musician, why not? Yeah, one of my favourite. And uh, I knew someone who knew him and they gave me his number. And I said, hey, do you want to come to my podcast? Which hadn't existed yet. Yeah. Uh, and he said, sure. <laughs> Which is bizarre. He's just a really nice guy. So he came on and I thought, oh, now I have to interview him. Well, 
I'll just do whatever I think's funny. And then it turned into a really, really strange interview. I thought, all right, this is way more fun yeah. than the music psychology stuff. So I kind of break it up. I do one episode of a guest interview that's like off the wall. And I try and like, as I said to you earlier, I try and shock them. And in that shock, they put down their guard and their true reactions come out. Yeah. Because it's like talk shows like Conan O'Brien or whatever. People go on with their pre-prepared scripts. Mm -hmm. And it's this weird pseudo reality where it's not real at all. But it's portrayed as being real. So what I like to do is I like to portray it as not being real at all. But actually, you get the most authentic reactions yeah. that you wouldn't expect. It's almost like a reverse psychology, but with interview skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's yeah. it's cool. Because I was, when I was listening to the, the, the podcast episodes, I was like, this is just a really... Like the, um, I'm sorry, I keep on going back to the John Barker one. I've listened to that one a few <laughs> times because I really, I like him as a presenter himself mm. and I really like your podcast and you work very well together. It's, it was very interesting, the duality of having a podcast host who can say and do whatever he wants with, with a, a ra- guy yeah. who is not used Who's to so that. constricted. Yeah. Yeah, because radio has to be so, it's like... You're I, listening to 98FM, next up on the show, we have this song and we have this yeah. artist coming in. Okay, here's a track. It's like, it's like sting, track, sting, track, a little bit of talking, add, add, yeah. add, sting, track, and also, sting, track. don't say anything inappropriate. No, because you're going to get so many people calling in and giving out to you and you don't need that. Yeah, and then you get fired. Yeah, exactly, because you can get fired like that yeah. like, so quickly. There's so many people trying to do the same thing as you are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that was, I thought it was a really cool interview just because you could see how... He was just so weirded out being like, whoa, did you actually just ask me that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. And like, even just a little thing. It's like, when's the last time you drank an agon? Like that question. But then yeah. that question led on to him talking about going to a gig with somebody. Yeah, exactly. And like, just like that one, it just, it, it it's kind of tumbleweeds. Yeah. And it builds into a bigger conversation, which is really, really cool. And the funny thing about that specific example is uh, for a lot of my guests, I try to find people who know the guests yeah. and to get them to tell me stuff. Or just do a lot of research online. And uh, I know someone who knows John. And they told me that story that he mentioned. But he thinks that he brought it up. Yeah. Because I asked him when's the last time he drank a nagging. And then brought that into the anecdote that I actually wanted to get. Yeah. So instead of just saying, tell me about this time you went to a gig. It's like, it started off with this question. It's like Inception, you yeah. know. He thinks he... Brought in the... So it's almost like they're leading their own interview, but they're not yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I do just ask questions that, like, freak people out. Uh, just a bit of back uh, background information. What's the word? Behind the scenes info. <laughs> In the By Curious episode, I saw them walking down the street that was so two funny. days beforehand. And I was like, this is perfect. Uh, it was literally the two days beforehand. So on the show, I was like, uh, all right, next question. What were those crisps you were eating on North Strand there two days ago? And they're like... <laughs> <laughs> like how do you know that <laughs> but I'll, I never tell them how I yeah. know I just move to the next question <laughs> that was so funny they were reading the comments of like of like bad by curious comments uh, b- fan questions oh, that were not fan not questions not at all it was so funny and you could just like I remember seeing the video as well because I, I was listening to it and then I saw like the short little clip of the video yeah. of when you were doing that part and you could just see like you could hear it in there you could hear their reactions like yeah. and like and I was like when I was looking at the video I was like this is exactly what I imagine their faces yeah. were going to look yeah. like it was so brilliant and it's so, so a lot of people said with that episode that it was really it was a great episode because they didn't really say a lot 
it was the perfect balance between just enjoying the show mm-hmm. and you know kind of contributing yeah some people feel the need to kind of over talk or to like defend their characters in some yeah. way but they just reacted and that's exactly what, what you want. we want yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you don't have they were like oh sorry we weren't funny it's like Look, there, ha- there can't be two of us trying to be funny exactly. here, you know. <laughs> can't be three of us trying to be funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just you sit back and just I enjoy the show. I to the funny. Yeah, I've got yeah. This. And you just you just be you. Yeah, you know. Question I really wanted to ask you uh, from the beginning. I kind of mentioned it earlier was the whole thing of separating art from the artist. Yeah. And um, you've kind of done that almost already by using the persona thing, kind of separating your own personal kind of life from your from your music. Yeah. But how do you feel with all this stuff coming out now? With like, and you've brought it up a couple of times in your podcast. Like, there's all these stories coming out of all these people who done apparently terrible things to p- other people and to other people in the industry. You have the likes of Harvey Weinstein. You have the whole thing of Michael Jackson. All these different things. But people are like now saying, "Okay, I'm never going to listen to their music again." Yeah, which is ridiculous. Okay, cool. I'm glad it's a similar <laughs> a similar kind of narrative yeah. there because I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Harvey Weinstein is an absolute monster, but yeah. I'm not going to not watch his movies now. They're great movies. So many people worked on those movies, yeah. you know. And the same, like with uh, like stuff with Michael Jackson. Like as much as all this stuff is coming out, and you you, you will never know the actual truth. We'll but never. I don't. Know. I don't want to know. Like yeah, you know. Like I'm very happy listening to. I just want to hear that music again yeah, and yeah. to think that we're getting rid of all this music just because of very much cherry picking people who we just have a problem with you yeah know? exactly because let's be honest we don't know what the likes of those classical composers were up to yeah like they could have yeah, been yeah. doing anything but I there mean, was no I cameras I tell to... you a lot of things about Mozart that guy was very into scat scatological humour scatological yeah <laughs> he wrote songs I can't say on this podcast what he wrote songs about but he was a very strange and disturbed individual. Really? Yeah. I'll talk about it on my podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm going to come on and just like, yeah. just so I can listen in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so with yourself, now that you've like kind of separated yourself, even though your things are, it's almost like you've done the opposite of what everyone else has done. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, everyone else has kind of been themselves and kind of face up this, this is who I am. And they're writing all these songs and stuff like that. But in their own personal life is really some of it can be quite seedy but yeah. then you've kind of come up and you're like you're not gonna know who i am but here's how honest i am in my music yeah you know so what made you kind of want to go for that side of things of being kind of like you're not gonna know like i know we've talked about already with kind of you wanted to kind of have that barrier and stuff like that but was any of that an inspiration for you just seeing that like how people aren't honest in their music you yeah. wanted to be yeah, the opposite. yeah very much uh and like i won't say who but i have a good friend who uh was what I felt like one of the best artists in Ireland. But then he changed his style totally and he went from being like very honest in his music to just the same old kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I and I get that that has a wide appeal, but this was my friend and I was listening to his music like, whoa, I, I never knew he felt like that. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of felt almost like a disconnect from him when he started having more kind of surface level lyrics. It's like wow i i'd never want to do that yeah not that i ever would it's just in my nature to be like this um but that was kind of a i wouldn't say it was an inspiration but i think about that mm-hmm. you know um but uh you'd rather be honest and sometimes seen as crude 
then be this squeaky clean <laughs> image with the kind of lava bubbling underneath. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny that you say that because, uh, I mean, I'm only really thinking about it now, but I've literally never really thought about that, you mm. know? This is just the yeah. way I act all the time. I mean, it's exaggerated, obviously, but... So when I first started recording a podcast for fun at home, uh, like years ago, I was listening back. I was like, wow, my humor is really like um, lowbrow, you know, like there's a lot of kind of childish jokes. But I mean, I'm not going to change it. It's just, oh, no, that's how I am. Oh, well, we've got to work with it. That's it. Like, but also like I, I think a lot. I'm a very philosophical type of person. And I just personally find it really funny the mix of this incredibly childish humor with really like smart kind of commentary after it like for example i'm recording this album with uh, an artist called king panda and i'm recording i'm i wrote the music and the lyrics for him and one song is about buying a jacket he wanted he wanted to write a song about buying a jacket because he just bought a new jacket (laughs) so what the song is about it's like he acknowledges that children in Bangladesh are working in sweatshops to make the jacket. And then the chorus is about how much he loves the jacket. But then the verse is back to, I am aware that, you know, where these jackets come from. But God, this is a great jacket. Yeah. And it's like, the song is about a coat. But it's it's like, the, it's about cognitive dissonance between, like, all our technology is laced with blood. And it comes from, like, horrible, torturous working conditions. But this song in itself is like a musical version of this simultaneous cognitive dissonance that yeah. we have. And it's it's very childish, but it's also not, you know? That's the thing, that's what I like about your music is that you're bringing light to weird stuff that people have forgotten to think about. Yeah. That we've gotten so used to not thinking about it that we just don't anymore. Yeah, but also making it fun. Exactly, you know? but that's yeah. the thing. You have to make it fun. You got to make it fun because the only yeah. way to drag people in is to get them laugh. Make yeah. and them also, laugh. Make them laugh. Like that exactly, but also I just want to have fun too. Yeah. Like, if I was singing a real song about sweatshops every night, I would hate myself. Yeah. Like, like drink myself to death, yeah. you know? That's <laughs> if we're not already, already doing that. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I would do it for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> not just for the crack this time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but sure, we'll leave it at that. But I want, as I said to you, already you know the podcast the desert, desert island, island playlist oh my god he yeah. has it written down of course i do and everything this is yeah. amazing um i can't remember what i wrote though because i wrote it um i was really drunk <laughs> at the time. and i don't get drunk very often so like when i do i really get shit-faced sorry can i say that yes i don't get drunk very often but when i do i get very shit-faced <laughs> <laughs> um yeah hit me with it Yes, quite. By the Desert way, Island. so wait, what? Desert Island Discs? Yeah. So like five songs. Did you, did you do albums or songs? Well, here's the thing. You don't like when people do albums. I can't believe you've listened to this so much. This is amazing. Well, I mean, you have to, of course. Yeah. Um, See, what, like having another interviewer on is always great. Having another podcaster on is always great. Because it's yeah. always like, you know what I go through. This yeah, is exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. one thing I really respect and there's a lot of artists Sorry, this is kind of a tangent, but there's a lot of artists that I'm not mad on their music, but I really love their work ethic. Yeah. And I would say I'm a fan of them, even though I don't listen to them. Yeah. And it's like, I really love how you're consistent with the podcast, you know, because this is the making it in music podcast. And a part of it is about like saying how you can make it in music. Yeah. Well, the number one rule is be consistent. Yeah. Like put out content because if you don't have content, people don't have anything to listen to and they won't be a fan of you. Yeah. 
you know and it's amazing how many people don't follow that rule yeah you just no. have to keep on going with that even keep on trudging with it yeah you know yeah yeah exactly and have fun yes you know? um but no thing is I feel like maybe I should change that. I feel like I should maybe let people do albums. You some should. people, you yeah, should. because some people prefer albums. I yeah. just like I, I always went with songs because it was more difficult for people. Let me champion this bastion and say that I want to be the leader of the new world revolution who lets albums in the desert island discs. It's desert island discs, you know, like yeah, fair. See, I would always, I always call the desert island playlist. Ah, very. But uh, I don't listen island to playlists, so very okay. I can't so contribute. from now on, ladies and gentlemen, you can either pick. Albums or songs, depending on what you prefer. But, Darren, you cannot pick <laughs> the complete works of Bach. You cannot Darren. go that far. Darren, you have been forsaken on this podcast. Darren. <laughs> Sorry, I can do that better. But anyway, <laughs> Darren, you're not welcome back. Um, yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Because I'm an album guy. I think a lot of That's people... It. I'm quite the album person as well. I just like making it difficult for people. Yeah, yeah. Just weird like My that. bones are made of um, CD cases, so I'm literally an album person. Um, I worry about your like you falling down the stairs in the future. I know. But every every morning I wake up and I break all my bones, and every night I cry myself to sleep. What is that from again? SpongeBob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> his I I his like, bones are made of glass. I was like, I can, I can, <laughs> I can see a cartoon saying Would that. Would you like to buy some chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm I'm hijacking your show now. No, I'm loving into it. SpongeBob quotes. I love quotes, as I said. Quotes are fantastic. Um, anyway, you always sound more intelligent when you can pull out a quote anywhere, no matter <laughs> yeah. where it's from. It's yeah. where it's from. Like I'm constantly pulling out movie quotes, and people like I'm always like I always pull out the mean the Mean Girls ones. Like I have a fifth sense, yeah. and that's for Mean Girls, and people. Don't get, especially when the majority of my friends are male, and they're like, "Geez, Heather, you're really stupid." I'm like, "No, no, 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 it's from a movie. From a movie, (laughs) I swear." It's like I know, I have five senses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, if you pull out like a really smart quote, and and then it's like, "Oh, that's from a black and white film. It was actually filmed in post-war Vienna in 1946." Yeah, you probably know it. Then they're like, "Oh man, this guy's smart." Totally know it. Totally. I watch movies in colour, I don't know. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, Desert Island Discs. Yes. Is there like a Go. intro thing you want to do? No, just lay it on me. I totally just came on your show and was like, this is what I'm going to do. Change your show for me. I am very happy. Like, this is this is class. It's always fun to have another, like, perspective to go at. Yeah. So you're listening to the PDF Pocket Hole Show, and this is my Desert Island <laughs> Discs selection. Uh <laughs> So actually, I actually did pick songs because I didn't think you were going to submit to my authority. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but I, I picked songs there from albums that I love. You're like, never surrender. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. You yeah. can totally do albums. Totally yeah. okay with that. Perfect team. Do you want or... the knife you have out of my back? Like, do you want that too? Whatever I'll just leave it there. I'll hold it for yeah. you. It's okay. Um, okay, so Beach Boys, my favorite <gasps> band of all time. Brilliant. But... Sometimes I say that and people are like, oh, songs about cars and girls and surfing. The Beach Great Boys. music. Yeah. The Beach Boys after 1960, around 1965, they turn into the greatest like postmodern pioneers of crazy music. Yeah. Um, so Pet Sounds is like their masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the defining moment for when music got weird. really good and weird. Um, but... What's kind of not spoken as much about is their albums that followed Pet Sounds because mm-hmm. they are crazy. And specifically the album Smiley Smile. It was supposed to be a follow-up to Pet Sounds, but uh, Brian Wilson 
went mad and he <laughs> never got to finish the album. So they made this... They made an album that they said was going to be like a more palatable, palatable version of what they're working on. But that is bizarre because this album is insane. It is absolutely nuts. And the song I picked from that Smiley Smile album is Little Pad. It's just like... All I can say is experience that album. Yeah. It's it's a very big influence on me. Just sit back and headphones on. Close your eyes. Go L- for it. Listen to it like you would watch TV. Yeah. You know? Uh, number two, Steely Dan, the Asia album. That has actually been three people's. That's really? been up three. Like, Laura Keane mentioned it. Um, Darren mentioned it. It's probably one of my favorite albums ever. It's, it's just a fantastic album. It's yeah. brilliant. Like. And it's it's funny because it's not like I'm going to, or it's not like most people come on and pick five obscure albums. Yeah. The best albums are always the ones that loads of people like, yeah. you know? Um, There's a reason that loads of people like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I feel like the music is so personal as well. Like, I might hear a song and it might mean something completely different to me than it means someone else. Like, I could listen to a song and hear it as a happy song and someone else could listen to a song and be like, no, that's a really sad song. Yeah. You know, it's like there's depends. that stereotype that minor songs are sadder yeah. and major. But uh, they actually they did research on this. Like if you play a modern uh, Western pop song for an Indian, they don't hear major minor. Yeah. Like their natural music development is... There, a lot of their stuff is modal. Like a yeah. lot of their stuff is modal. Um, they hear emotion and rhythms rather than yeah. chords. It's really, it's, it's, it's awesome just to see. I'd love to go around like one of my big things that I'd love to do is bring this podcast to different places and just mm. see how other people react to music like the idea of like a fixed dough that is something that's like really and it's because it's so close to us yeah. it's so close it's like the likes of mainland Europe is the idea of having a fixed dough and because of the idea of having a fixed dough there's kids like for three years old who are being brought up a relative pitch like that because they have that idea yeah which is really cool and because of that idea of fixed dough the whole way they approach melody is completely different yeah yeah you know which is really, really cool because, and they understand modes a lot better than Western musicians because if you go from Ray to Ray, that's your Dorian. If you go from me to me, it's what, yeah, whatever the next one is. After <laughs> I can't even remember now. Well, uh, sure, we know we know what you mean. Like, I'd love to contribute, but I, I, I went to college for like four days, like four <laughs> months, so. <laughs> um, I didn't learn that from college. I learned that from Adam Neely. <laughs> like, oh, YouTube yeah, yeah. When he says that kind of stuff, though, I zone out. I want him to say, like, I went to this gig and no one showed up. Like, <laughs> that's what I watch. Um, third album, Sequence 2 by PDF Pockethole. It's out now on Bandcamp. Yes, get on that. And I'm actually, I'm half joking, but uh, th- this guy, Johnny Climax. No, okay. This guy who I won't name. No, I will name him. Johnny Climax. Uh, uh, not a fan of how he views music, like his own music. He said this thing to me before, that he doesn't listen to his own music. What? He, he just makes it and then when it's out, it's out. He doesn't really go back to it. No, you gotta, you gotta listen to it. You have to be your own biggest fan. Yeah, like. and your worst critic. Yeah, exactly. That's how you, you your favourite band makes better music. Yeah. You know? Um, like, this isn't coming from an egotistical place, but like, I'm my own number one fan yeah. you know uh, I love my own stuff and mm-hmm. I listen to it and you're I think dead right to be if you're not listening to your own stuff that is weird yeah you know I like, totally agree especially because like 
I, there'd be songs I listen back to I'm like oh that's really bad and there's sometimes songs I listen back to in my own I'm like that is a bop yeah. I'm so excited that yeah. I wrote that That like, I, I I wrote that yeah. like, oh my god you like, know fake celebrity Facebook profile I recorded that like four years ago and I listened to it on Christmas like two years ago it's like man I need to Do like re-record yeah. that like that's great I love yeah. that and that's still that's the song I have written down fake celebrity Facebook profile still my favourite song mm. and of if you mine don't, if you don't listen back to your own music as much as, as much as it's always important as an artist to be constantly developing and changing different styles and stuff like that, like one of the big biggest people I did my thesis on her is Madonna, mm. and as much as people think she's gone crazy recently, like but she has she's gone a bit mental. She was always mad. She was always mad. She yeah. was always crazy. She was she got banned by the Vatican. She got like. She was nearly arrested in Canada for she, like. She took drugs on a helicopter. Yeah, that's not that crazy, but um, actually that was a, well, long story. But that was with my dad. What? That was the first thing I ever learned about Madonna. She, she did ecstasy on a helicopter with him, and I I'd love to tell you more, but I don't know more. Oh my god, yeah. that is such a good story. <laughs> like, did he just like did he just like walk in one day and just be like? I did actually with Madonna and just left the room yeah. and just like left the house and never returned I, I again. Was brushing, <laughs> I was brushing my teeth when he told me and uh, just make like sure six. you get that spit take. <laughs> <laughs> she did what? <laughs> Camera zooms in and out of my face. Uh, yeah, but I've, I don't really talk to him, so I mean, sorry, that story's lost in the eons of That's time. That's mental, though. <laughs> That's crazy. I said that as if everyone knows that. I don't know. Yeah, why. I don't, did you not know? Did that? your dad not do that? Or? No, no. Oh, weird. No, my dad chases the sun around the world. It's pretty much it. Hmm. Not for like holidays. He, Did like, he ever catch works it? with it. Oh. No, he's trying to. He's got like those big mirrors, you know. Like, <laughs> one of those big sun catching mirrors. If he heard me describing what he did as those big mirrors and he chases the sun, he'd actually kill me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my dad would be too happy about the anecdote I told either. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what I was going to say back to the uh, giant climax thing is that if you're not listening to your own music, even though we're always trying to develop every musician has a little bit of consistency throughout their music you know everything like all the Led Zeppelin albums like even though they went off and like did all these different albums and kind of dipped them, themselves into kind of different genres and stuff like that there was always you always heard Led Zeppelin yeah idiosyncrasy like, yeah yeah like and I think if you don't listen to your own music you might lose that and yeah. just everything you bring out will just be kind of like it's like a new artist is bringing out, and I get, I guess that's kind of like the likes of CeeLo Green, Niles Barkley, the guy. It's Niles Barkley is CeeLo Green is yeah. the the metal guy that he is now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you have to be influenced by yourself, mm -hmm. really. Uh, Desert Island Discs number Next. four, Junior Brother, his debut album. That is a really good album. Unbelievable. Uh, and now it's funny because like, I know him. Yeah. But he has no idea how much I love his music, you know? And I'd be quite embarrassed. I've never, like, complimented him or anything. I'm literally going to, like, tag him <laughs> no, now. Don't. Just be like, Junior, good, like, 10 minutes of I, just being like, mm, love you, Junior brother. Maybe. Maybe just, like, I need a proxy to send my love through, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's the thing. If I say it, it's not <laughs> as creepy. It's like, did you know this oh, person's obsessed with you? Don't do that. That would be embarrassing for me. <laughs> I'd hate that if you did that. Um, you're being serious or not <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after the show yeah. see, I can't see your eyebrows so I don't know if it's like <laughs> oh yeah if it's like a yeah. one eyebrow crook I had situation. a very strong facial expression there that you missed out on <laughs> told everything uh, yeah his debut album uh, I listened to it like I'd say probably like 40 days in a row and uh, that was around the time I had him on the podcast so I was like alright I need to tone this down like, yeah. I don't want to be 
literally like like deep breaths for having the guy in my ears and then you know so what's your favorite song yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also really fantastically nice guy like meeting them only makes you like yeah. the music more i love that i love when like you meet someone who you've kind of wanted to meet for so long and they're actually even better than you expected and you're like yeah yes. I, I actually i never explained why it's good uh it's good because he takes folk kind of like the way you say i take hip-hop and make something yeah, kind of weird out of it, it up. he takes folk but it's I hear like a lot of punk rock influences. Mm. It's very like postmodern. It's very, uh, it's the influences seem to be coming from a lot of places. But it's a very strong folk sound. Yeah. Uh, which you don't hear a lot in that genre, and uh, his voice is like it almost sounds like he's singing out of key, but he's not. And the more you listen to it, the more you appreciate yeah. that kind of like Bob Dylan. Mm. Although I'm not a fan, but. It's just like, I love when you have to work to like something more. Yeah. You know? To appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Like you kind of like, it's, you just get more and more out of the album because you're like enjoying it in different ways yeah. as you listen to it. That's Junior Brother. I get that. Uh, my, oh, f- nice. my final one, I can't believe I wrote this down. I'm surprised Girl Brand hasn't popped up yet. I, I thought it was too obvious, to be honest. Fair. Like, I knew I'd talk about them mm-hmm. in the show already. <laughs> um, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know why I wrote this. This is a really stupid choice. I was obviously not in the right mindset. I wrote down the Hoosiers debut album, Goodbye Mr. A. You know that band? Yes. And I was obviously rediscovering that album. It's a really great album. Great album. That guy has a fantastic voice. Their songwriting is just like... It's like sweets. Mm-hmm. They're like a, a candy shop, you know. But they're kind of like do what you they kind of the the weird themes and kind of some of darker themes, but yeah. with the the happier kind of melody behind it. Yeah, you know, yeah. And one thing, weird fact, to close on about that album, uh, my friend told me this when it came out. It's good by Mister A. Yeah. But when you listen to it really loud, I swear to God, he's saying goodbye, Mister AIDS. Really? Yeah, listen to it again, yeah. And I mean I haven't I haven't remembered that since like ten years ago, yeah. but I remember thinking, oh, oh my god, that's exactly what he says. That's mental. Little Easter egg for you there. Um I I'm have actually, a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna listen to that in the car now. Do yeah. yeah car I, I car, have, car listening is always the best way. Do you ever feel like well I, I guess you you're on a bike. Yes, yeah, but whenever I'm like going to like if I want to hear something, like when my friend sent me something like that, or like send me a song, they're like yeah. writing at the moment. I'll, I'll do, do it when I'm test. forced to be in a in a metal vehicle yeah. doing nothing. Yeah, the yeah. car test. It's just different. Hmm. It's a different sort of test for a song. I feel. I'd love to have that. I'll drive you around with your new do, album yeah. if you want, <laughs> and you can just go. We can just drive around, just listen to new album, yeah, just yeah. to make sure. Hold on, just drive around the block one more time. I yeah. need to hear that again. <laughs> uh, just to you know, no one ever asks you, but I have this or that. I yes! That oh my god, brilliant! This is class! <laughs> I don't think you're gonna like it though. No, bring it. Um, because it's kind of more my style and edit this out if it's uh, not usable. <laughs> this or that. Number one. Eating in the shower or getting dressed in the kitchen? Getting dressed in the kitchen. Why? Because I don't want my food to be soggy. Well, like you don't put the food in the water, like you step a little bit out. You're in the shower but your arms are outstretched a little. It seems like a lot of effort, like. Um, just bring your clothes down to the kitchen. Yeah, sure. dressing the kitchen's a lot of effort. 
See, my kitchen's very close to my room, so just kind of like just a step mm. in. I'm pretty sure I have got dressed in the kitchen. <laughs> like, well, I, I have eaten in the shower, so uh, we're two sides <laughs> of team, the same coin. Eh? <laughs> um, All right. Well, that's, that's a very subjective answer, but yeah. I'll take it. Uh, number two, singing Take On Me at a Wedding or... Well, you probably wouldn't mind that, actually. Singing Take On Me at a Wedding or your mom finding a sexy picture of you. Take On Me at a Wedding, because I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. 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 Usually people don't like singing that song. Well, it's all right. Like there's there's worse songs. There are definitely worse songs. What about like, that high note? I'll be gone. Ah, uh, okay. I should have asked. Yeah, you're too good a singer to ask that question. I <laughs> uh, no, that song that that note's pretty easy to reach if you just like like go for it. The biggest thing yeah. about singing is like you can take this way for yourself is that our minds control everything as much as you know our minds control absolutely everything and the minute that we feel like we're coming up to a note that we're not going to be able to reach our whole bodies clench up it's the kind of like fight or flight instinct and like so all of our muscles tense up because we're freaking out over something that's going to happen and the muscles in our neck tightens up and our all the vocal cords are two little sheets of muscle that are like the exact same muscles as our arms and our legs at the back of our throat and when the muscles the actual muscles like the movement muscles tighten around those two that little V of vocal cords in the back you tighten it and then there's no room for your vocal cords to expand so basically when you hit a, a high note your vocal cords stretch out and become like nice and thin so if you're going for that if your muscles are all tight around it there's no room for that to stretch and it'll just cut wow I am I am wagging my finger and nodding my head in fascination that's that's really interesting. There's so I love knowing the science behind yeah, singing because yeah. it's a, like I always say you're an, as as a singer you're an athlete and a musician at the same time because you're you're your own instrument. Yeah, and yeah. everything you do, the way you stand, the way you eat, everything. The actually the interview I just had with Heather Fogarty last week, she's very similar to me. She's a yogi as well, and she's the same ideology of your body controls your voice because your voice is in your body. Right. And your brain controls your body, so your brain controls your voice. I need to go to singing lessons. I will learn this stuff. I would happily, I need to come here more often. Yeah, <laughs> I like seriously pop into Francis Street or here whenever you want, and we'll like give you a full-on routine mm. for yourself. We'll see how these gigs go, and I might need a crash I, course. We, we probably should do it before the gigs. Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Um, number three, final question for yes, you. Yes, bring it. A small bird having a nap in your hand. Ooh. Or living in a world of blankets. Having a room in your house that's just full of blankets everywhere. Oh, that's really difficult because I really yeah. like animals. Like little bird having a but nap blanket in your world. Hand. But a blanket world. Every yeah. day having a blanket world. Yeah. I think I probably have a blanket world because then I can just bring loads of different animals into my blanket world and just have them nap in my blanket world. I mean... That's Is that a loophole? Is that It's like a loophole, but I didn't expect you to be so unhygienic and disgusting. Uh, animals are amazing. Animals are way cleaner than us. <laughs> they get your blankets dirty. You have the, to there's more germs on your phone than there is in a dog's your tongue. Your dry cleaning cost would be astronomical. You're inviting <laughs> yourself into debt there, my friend. You've you've taken a nice question and you've just forced monetary... I would go into debt for, for loads of animals sleeping <laughs> in a room with me. I'm not even joking. Like I have a problem. I love them. Yeah, now so you have very much. nice dogs there. Uh, if you had a blanket world in that house, I'd be taking your dogs grabbing them run into that room and locking the but door genuinely like a life goal of mine is to hug a cow I just want to hug a cow hug a cow yeah just want to wow. hug a cow sounds like an insult the way I said it there yeah, hug, hug a, a cow, cow. what a cow Jesus cow well, hugger cow, I'd, be, I'd love to be a cow hugger can you sense that so it sounds like I said something terrible <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that we'll end it with the cow hugging. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. You've Thank been you. class, and it's really, it's really cool to have a different type of interview. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was gonna kind of like mess with you a bit more, but. <laughs> like that's that's just mean um, but yeah thank you this well the thing is might ha- if you'd be happy to come on again I'd love to have you on again yeah, you can mess I'll with mess me with even you, more yeah. than that um, by the way just for everyone listening this is hosted in the most beautiful room I've ever seen in my life <laughs> thank you very much I didn't know that when I was listening before what? I didn't know it was in such a beautiful room it will, hopefully we'll have a video uh, a video channel up soon on YouTube and yeah. we'll have all the dogs involved do that, that'd be great do that yeah well thank you so much for coming on yeah. uh, 29th of February is your first gig in Workman's uh, 29th is the gig in Workman's and 27th is when the new EP comes out. Amazing. So drop in 27th of February. So you can find all your stuff on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter. Is all yeah. PDF Pocket Hole. It's like if you You're type... the only one there. If so. you type PDF Pocket Hole into anything, anywhere, it's I will you. come up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I realised that very quickly because I typed in like everyone else I have to be like something, something musician yeah, or if you use yeah. like PDF and then I just I typed in Pocket yeah. and Hole came up. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. cool, sweet as. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yes, coming on. Thank you. This has been the Making It music podcast i hope you guys are having a really fantastic week um a shout out to our sponsors the dublin school of music you guys are a bunch of legends i've been heather and i'll talk to you guys next week where we have the lovely sinead joining us thank you so much bye bye hoo. <laughs> excellent